Welcome to the Forward Church Weekly Podcast. This week's message from Lead Pastor Neil Krause is from the series, O Come, Let Us Adore Him. For more information about Forward, giving, or to request prayer, visit www.forwardchurchfamily.com. You know, one of the most peaceful moments I've ever experienced in my lifetime was experienced on the side of a mountain in the middle of a storm. So I'm on the side of this mountain in the middle of a storm, and and I experienced peace like I've never experienced before. It was during a whiteout snowstorm in Breckenridge, Colorado, and I had already been skiing for quite a couple of hours that day. I'd I'd been out on the the slopes and and finding my favorite ones, and and I'd been out there in all of God's beautiful creation, just just adoring God as I'm skiing down these slopes, and I'm worshiping God, and I had earbuds in, and I was listening to worship music as I would ski down this mountain, and I it started to snow a little bit when I got to the bottom. And I decided, you know, I'm going to go up for, for one more run down the mountain because it's just so beautiful and I'm having such a good day. So as I'm riding up the ski lift to the very top with my earbuds in and I'm worshiping, I notice it starts to snow a little bit harder. And I get to the very top and it starts to snow really hard. And I started skiing. And as I started skiing down this slope, I began to realize the flakes are getting bigger. It's getting more difficult to see. And I got to a point where I just couldn't see anymore so I had to stop and I just stopped on the side of this mountain and I stood there and I I just worshiped God as these beautiful huge snowflakes fell as uh, it was just super quiet all around me I couldn't hear anything but I could just kind of almost it was so quiet I could almost hear the snow as it was falling and I was looking out over the mountain and then after a little while I couldn't even see out over the mountain all I could see was a little bit in front of me and and then it was just a complete whiteout as I stood there just worshiping God I had this amazing peace about me. It felt like I was the only one on the side of that mountain. And I'm sure there must have been other skiers out there, but at that moment it was just me and God. And after a little while the snow let up and I noticed that I had stopped at a place where I could look out over Breckenridge where I was in Colorado and I could see way down below the lodge and I could see all these snow-capped trees and and still huge flakes falling, but I could now at least have visibility to to continue on. And it was a very worshipful moment and I just took it all in and I stood there for quite a while, and I, I soaked up the peaceful moment. I worshiped God some and, and thanked Him for bringing peace into my heart in that moment, and also thanked Him for the fresh powder to ski on the rest of the way down the hill. But I, I began to, to finish out that slope and, and just realize, wow, that was a cool moment between me and God. And peaceful moments like that, though, they're, they're rare. But I want us to learn today that it's possible to have peace even in the midst of a storm. Because you see, looking back, at that moment, I was just so into God and so into the moment and the beauty of where I was on the mountain, I didn't really think too much about the danger that I was in. Because had I really thought about it, I could have started to panic because I couldn't go any further. I couldn't see where I was going. I was a long way from the lodge at the bottom of the mountain. I was all alone. I was by myself. And I, had I started letting my, the situation and the surroundings get to me, I could have started to panic. What if all this snow causes an avalanche? What if it keeps snowing this way for hours and I can't find my way down to the lodge? I could have begun to focus on the situation and the circumstances around me. And I would have had a very different experience from the one that I had. Yet I was able to find peace out there in the middle of that storm. But had I focused on the real circumstances around me, I, I might have missed a special moment with God. You see, by focusing on God in that moment, 
I was able to have peace even though I might have been in a little bit of danger. I might have had a storm raging around me. And today I'm going to talk about the biblical concept of peace. Because I think we all could use a little more peace in our lives, right? Anyone in this room, that raise your hand, you need some more peace in your life, right? We all need some peace in our life. And, and, and for us, to, to learn how to find that peace is a very, very important thing. So I think everyone desires world peace. We hear that all the time, right? We, we wish that there was world peace. We wish there was peace in the Middle East, right? That, that's one you hear all the time. Political peace. You know, when we look at the news, we just say, why can't we just find some common ground and have some peace? Peace at work. Many of us maybe have upheaval around us at work, and we wish there was just peace at work. We wish, many of us wish we would have peace with our neighbors. Maybe at Christmas time, you're, you're hoping that there's peace in the family whenever you get together to celebrate the Prince of Peace. And the reality is that most of us during Christmas time can can have a time that lacks peace instead of the peace that, that Jesus came to bring. So it can be a really busy time. It can be a chaotic time. It can sometimes feel like we're in the midst of a snowstorm whenever we're trying to gather together and celebrate the Prince of Peace at Christmas. Sometimes we're not sure which way to go. And if we're not tuned into the author and the deliverer of peace, then we'll have a less than peaceful season. And that reality, it's always been true. That reality's always been there. It's, it's biblical. That's why we see this. We're going to study it in the Bible today. When the angel came to announce the birth of the Prince of Peace, he addressed the need for peace. So if you would stand with me, we're going to read from Luke. If you grab your Bibles and turn them to Luke chapter 2. That's the Christmas story where we find it in the Bible. And um, we're going to read verse 14 where the angel has come and is announcing and then says this in God's word, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. You can be seated. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word today. That's our main verse for today. And I want us to look at that word peace. It says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. So that word peace in Hebrew, in the Bible, the word is shalom. And in its purest sense, shalom means peace. And most literally, it means an inner rest of the soul. An inner rest of the soul. You see, we tend to think of peace as the absence of trouble. We tend to think of peace as the absence of war, don't we? When we think of, I wish there was world peace, I wish there was peace in the Middle East, I wish there was peace among neighbors, we think of, I wish there was no more war. But the biblical view of peace is looking at the positive. It's looking at this inner rest inside of us. It's the inner satisfaction of your soul that something good is coming. It's this inner rest knowing that there is a promise from God for us. It's this inner rest in our being. You see, you may be in the midst of great trials, in the midst of a storm, yet still have biblical peace. There could be a huge snowstorm all around you, and you can have peace in your heart because of God. And Jesus shows us that you can be facing great suffering, yet still be at peace. On the night before he faced the cross, Jesus knew what he was about to face, yet he still took time to comfort his disciples with a message of peace. If we look at John 14, 27, here's what Jesus says. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This peace that Jesus is speaking of, it enables believers to remain calm in the midst of fearful circumstances. It's a peace that we can't explain, that, that God gives us to allow us to remain calm and have this inner rest, even when everything around us is like a storm. So, you see, 
He did not take war and persecution and times of trouble away from his disciples. In fact, they still faced all of that. When we read through the Bible, we find out that they faced all kinds of persecution, troubles. There were storms all around them, but he did offer them peace in the midst of that. He said, peace be with you because this world is going to be chaotic is what he's saying. So, so he's offering us peace. So we need to learn how do we get that peace? You see, Jesus offers us peace in the midst of troubles. When we have peace from the Lord, we can overcome anxiety. Many of us struggle with anxiety. When we have peace from the Lord, he says, our hearts will not be troubled. When we have peace from the Lord, then we will not fear the circumstances around us. And couldn't we all use a little bit more of what Jesus is offering here? So we could all use that peace. So we need to understand the nature of this peace. And the New Testament speaks of two kinds of peace. Number one is a peace with God. And number two is a peace with experiences in life. So number one is peace with God. Number two is peace through the experiences that we face in life. And the first kind of peace is uh, what we have to have in order to really, truly experience peace. The Bible explains that we are all born into this world at war with God. Many of us don't like to think of it that way, but we are born into this world at war with our holy God. As descendants of Adam and Eve, we are born into a rebellion against our holy God. We all have this sin nature inside of us that causes us to sin against God. So we're born with that. So the Bible explains that, that before we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, our lives are at war with our Heavenly Father, with God. So we, you know, we look at babies and we think, oh, no, that can't be. They're so innocent and they're so pure. But don't those of us who have raised toddlers know? Right? I don't even have to finish my sentence. Those of us who raise toddlers know that we are born with a sin nature. We don't have to teach our toddlers to become selfish. We don't have to teach our toddlers to disobey parents. We don't have to teach our toddlers to lie to get something they want. It just happens naturally, right? We don't teach them that. That's just part of the sin nature that starts to come out of us as we begin to grow. So anyone raising children learns that sin is a natural part of who we are without God, and that's what the Bible teaches us. Romans 5.10 says, For if while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. The Bible's telling us, before you became a Christian, you were an enemy of God. Before I became a Christian, I was an enemy of God. And I wouldn't have liked to have think of it that way. But after becoming a Christian, I began to understand that my selfishness and my pride and my, my trying to do things my own way out of the strength of my own flesh, that was warring against God's ways for me. So we are enemies of God um, without Christ. So we fight against God and his ways because we desire our own ways. Then we come over to his side by placing our faith in Jesus, and the war is ended. We're now at peace with God because of Jesus Christ. And John MacArthur says it this way. He said, Jesus wrote the peace treaty with the blood of his cross. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul means in Ephesians 6.15 when he says, And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. That's why it's called the gospel of peace, because the gospel brings us into a peaceful relationship with God. You see, our sin is at war with God. Our sin stands between us and God Almighty. Therefore, it takes the gospel of Jesus to bring us into peace with God. If you look at Romans 5.1 in the Amplified Version, it says this, Therefore, since we have been justified, that is, acquitted of sin, declared blameless before God, by faith, let us grasp the fact that, the fact that we have peace with God. 
You see, we as Christians, we have to grasp that fact that we have peace with God because of Jesus. And it says, it goes on, and the joy of reconciliation with him. We are reconciled with God because of Jesus. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed. You see, through our trust in Jesus, the Bible says our sins are forgiven, the rebellion has stopped, the war is over, and we have peace with God. So this peace that we're searching for is found when we understand that God has brought us peace through his son, Jesus. That's God's purpose for you in salvation. Colossians 1, 20 through 22 says, And through him to reconcile himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. You see, God's desire for you is to reconcile you with himself. That's the gospel. God's desire is to put you at peace with him. So he made a way for you and I to become holy and to be at peace with him. And that way was made by the blood of the cross of Jesus Christ. So Paul says we're no longer enemies because of our faith in Jesus, but we are now at peace with God because we are reconciled with God. So that's the first thing. We have to understand we have a God of peace who wants to make peace and allow us to be in peaceful relationship with him. And we're brought to him through Jesus Christ. That's the heart of the gospel message. And we must receive that peace with God through faith in Jesus before we can receive peace in the storms of this life. So that's first and foremost. This peace that Paul speaks about in Philippians 4, 7, where he says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That the peace of God is not based on circumstances like the world's peace. Okay? The peace of God doesn't always make sense. He says that it will surpass all understanding. We're not going to be able to make sense of it. We're not going to be able to, to put parameters to it. It's going to be this peace that he gives us that we cannot explain. And this is how a Christian can have peace, even though they just found out that they have cancer. This is how a Christian can have peace, even though their boss is targeting them and they know they may lose their job. They can have peace in the midst of that circumstance and can't explain it. It's how a Christian can have peace when they're wrongfully accused of something and even imprisoned for something. We hear stories all the time of missionaries and people in other countries that are imprisoned for their faith and they talk about I was at peace the whole time I was in there because I knew God was in control that's unexplainable but it's this supernatural peace that God gives us it's how a Christian can have peace even when Christmas will never be the same again because we're missing someone this year that we used to have with us but there's this peace that God can give you when you learn how to find that peace and we're going to talk about that this divine supernatural peace, it cannot be figured out on a human level. We can't manufacture it. You look at Philippians 4, 7 again, it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So the peace of God, it does not make sense. We can't explain it. But it guards your heart and it guards your mind. When? When you are in Christ Jesus is what this verse says, meaning when you adore Jesus, when you fix your eyes on Jesus, when you live your life for Jesus, the God of peace, the one who brings peace and gives peace, the Bible says will guard your heart and your mind. This word for guard here is a military term that means to stand at post or guard against the enemy. So God Almighty, when we are living in Jesus, he guards, he stands post against the enemy for, he guards our heart and our mind against the enemy. Wouldn't you like the creator of the universe to be standing guard over your heart and mind? Can you imagine how that would give us peace? 
I want us to, to imagine how that would give us peace, and that's exactly what God does. He says, when we adore his son, Jesus, when we are in Jesus. So we're going to picture it like this. Jesus is the shelter that we hide in. When we're in him, meaning we place our faith in him, we, we believe that Jesus is the son of God, we accept him as our Lord and Savior, we, um, we trust him and his promises for our lives, so we're following him, then he gives us peace. So I want us to think of it kind of like this. This jar represents you. This jar represents me. It represents the Christian. Okay? So in and of ourselves, we're pretty fragile. When we're, when we're living out of the flesh, when we're doing our own thing, when we're trying to make it ourselves, I could break this pretty easily. The enemy could attack this pretty easily. It's pretty vulnerable. However, the Bible tells us when we believe that Jesus is the Son of God and we accept Him as our Lord and Savior, He gives us the gift of salvation. He gives us His Holy Spirit to come and live inside of us. This tissue represents the Holy Spirit. So now... I'm a believer, and I have the Holy Spirit living inside of me, the Holy Spirit of God. When I have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of me, it guides me, it, it protects me, it encourages me, it helps me understand the Word when I study it. So when I'm reading the Bible with the Holy Spirit in me, I begin to understand and know God's Word. So I've got the Holy Spirit living inside of me. But many Christians, we kind of stop here and we say, I've got salvation, I'm thankful for God, and I'm thankful for His Word, I'm thankful His Holy Spirit lives in me. And we walk around like this, and we're still kind of vulnerable. Attacks can still come at this. But here's what the beauty of the Gospel is. God's word says that when we are in Jesus, picture this vase as representing Jesus, when our lives are living inside of Christ, meaning we are in him, we are following him. When you look at me, you see Jesus. When you look at this, this Christian that's living in Jesus, you see Jesus from the outside. And there's a protection there. And the Bible says that when we are in Christ, we're following Him, we're doing our best to, to obey Him, we are living in the Word, by the Word, by the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us, then we, when we are looking at Christ and our eyes are fixed on Christ, then what happens is God, the God of peace, He stands guard on us. And this is what it looks like. So when the enemy comes up to attack us, the enemy sees Jesus. When the enemy comes up to attack us and shoots his darts and his arrows at us to try to get to us, Who's standing guard? Because I'm in Christ, the God of creation is standing guard over my heart. But if I'm not living my life in Christ and I'm trying to do things on my own, I become vulnerable. And now I'm out here where the enemy can throw darts and shoot darts and attack me and tempt me. But what we know is when I'm in the Word, when I'm in Christ, when I'm following Jesus, I'm now protected. My heart and my mind is guarded by God. And that's how we are to be living. And this is how we live in peace. Because when I'm living like this in Christ and I'm looking out, I see Jesus. And I see the promises of God. But when I'm out here on my own, what do I see? I see the circumstances around me. I see the storm that's brewing. And I start to fear and I start to get anxious. So what I have to do is I have to focus on living my life in Christ. And then the God of peace, he guards my heart and he guards my mind. That's a, just a good way to look at it. One aspect of the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians 5 is peace. Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are all things that the Holy Spirit gives us. And the Holy Spirit's ministry is to give us what Jesus has promised us. So Jesus promises to give us peace when we are in Him. You see, the world's version of peace, it, it doesn't exist. The world's version of peace doesn't work. Well-intentioned people throughout the years have given their lives to promoting peace on earth, 
right? We have a lot of people that try to protect our peace, yet we find that this world just continues to be at war. I read these numbers this week regarding wars throughout history. Since 36 BC, there have been nearly 15,000 wars. Before World War II, the world had an average of 2.61 new wars every single year. Since World War II, despite all of mankind's organized efforts for world peace, despite how hard we work for world peace, there have been an average of three new wars every year. It's gotten worse. World peace does not exist, and it cannot exist outside of Jesus Christ. Now, one day, God will come, and he'll put an end to all the wars, and Jesus will reign as the Prince of Peace forever. But until then, we live in this world where there will continue to be wars, and the only way we can truly have peace is by trusting in the Prince of Peace. So you see, someone may know moments of peace, but not true peace without Jesus. Thomas Watson once said, The seeming peace a sinner has is not from the knowledge of his happiness, but the ignorance of his danger. So sometimes outside of Christ, we might find a little bit of peace, but it's only for a moment. It's, it's fleeting. The only way the world can have peace this side of heaven is you can have peace in your own little world. And that peace is found only in Jesus. D.L. Moody once said, A great many people are trying to make peace, but that has already been done. God has not left it for us to do. All we have to do is enter into it. You see, true and complete peace is only available through faith in Jesus Christ, and it's a gift from His Holy Spirit that he gives us. Jesus shows us the proper response to his promise of peace in John 14, 27. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world does, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus has offered peace, and it's for our taking. It's there. Now, I find it interesting that he says, I give you peace, and then right after that he says, do not let your heart be troubled. You see, it's possible to believe in Jesus, yet still have our hearts troubled, because we fail to take hold of the peace that he offers us. The peace that he gives us has to, be, has to be applied in our lives. We have to receive it. Just like I said a minute ago, it is possible for a Christian to place our faith in Jesus, have his Holy Spirit in us, but then live our lives out of our own strength and, and fail to live in Christ. And when we do that, we, we experience when the storms come, we, we don't have peace. We have anxiety. And he's saying, if you want true peace, you live your life in Christ. In Christ. So what does that look like? Well, Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. And the word translated rule is a Greek word that literally means to act as umpire. So he's saying, you let the peace of Christ act as the umpire in your hearts. That is, peace would, would, would be what helps, make us, helps us make decisions in life. And the reality is when you adore Jesus so much, that you're living according to his promises, your life is truly in him, then most decisions become much easier. Most decisions in life, because, because we have this peace that comes from his, his Holy Spirit inside of us to do his will. So do you have a problem or decision to make? Then you, you let the peace of Christ make that decision for you. So if you've gathered all the information, you've got a hard decision to make, you know the information, you've studied it, you've looked at it, and you say, I believe that this is in line with God's word, and you have a peace in your heart about making the decision, then you go ahead and make that decision knowing that, that God is in it, and that he's given you a peace. 
But if you find that you don't have a peace in your heart, you have still have a stirring, you have this hitch in your spirit about the decision you're about to make, and you're, you're going to make this decision in life, and, and it doesn't fully line up with God's Word, but you're trying to find ways to make it line up with God's Word, and you're asking questions, is this really sin? Is this really not? Is this really God's will? And you don't have a peace about it? Don't do it. It's really that simple. We make it so difficult. But when we're living in Christ, and we're in His Word, and we know His promises, then we can make decisions whether we have a peace given from the Holy Spirit, or whether if we don't have peace, then we don't do it. You see, if you have complete peace from the Lord, then, then do it. If you don't have peace, don't do it. Life would be so much simpler and peaceful if we would follow that simple rule. Now, this really only works for the believer in Jesus. Remember I said the very first one is we have to have peace with God, and to have peace with God is about placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, without the Holy Spirit, the heart cannot be trusted. Because Jeremiah 17, 9 says this about the heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? You see, following your heart will get you into all kinds of trouble. And it will destroy the peace in your life. And so often we think, well, you know, my heart, this is what, this is what my heart tells me to do. Well, you know what? Most of us in this room can probably say, I followed my heart before and it got me into lots of trouble. The Bible makes it clear that when we try to follow our heart, our heart is deceitful. And our heart will cause us to get into all kinds of trouble. So what we have to do is we have to rely upon the supernatural Holy Spirit in our lives to give us a peace or not have peace. Now, when, when I let Christ rule in my heart, I can tell you that I have peace no matter the circumstances. When I've allowed Christ to be the ruler and the, the umpire helping me make decisions, I've had peace no matter the hard decision. Colossians 3.15 is a plea to let the Lord's peace work in us and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. So you have this peace offered. Now it's up to you to let it rule, to allow God to rule in your heart. Perfect peace comes when our focus is off the problem and onto the promise. And when we're living in Christ, we rely upon the promise and we don't look at the problem. You see, it's when we take our eyes off the circumstance and we put them on Christ that we can have peace. You think about this. When you adore something, you can't stop thinking about it. You know, when you adore your children, and all of us adore our children, you just can't stop thinking about them. You want to be with them all the time. You want to spend time with them. You, you want to do things with them. You just can't stop thinking about them. When you adore your spouse... And when you're apart, you just think about them and you want to spend time with them and you want to try to find ways to spend time with them. And that adoration leads you to action so that you spend time with those that you adore. You see, we actively pursue ways to spend time with those that we adore. So this Advent season, we're living with this theme of, O come, let us adore him. That's been our, our theme for this season because when we adore Jesus, when we truly adore him, we will look for ways to spend time with him. We will actively find ways to get our eyes and our hearts focused on him. And in the midst of a season where we're bombarded with activity, we're bombarded with pressures, we're bombarded with problems, we're bombarded with expectations, right? We get stressed out because of the expectations of the season. How can we keep our minds focused on Christ? Well, it's by studying the word of God and being taught by the Holy Spirit. And here's a reality. Most people who lack peace, simply have not taken the time to pursue that peace. Because the Bible tells us when we pursue Jesus, we find peace. We get way too caught up in pursuing the season. We get way too caught up in pursuing, reaching the expectations of the season. And then we fail 
to pursue time with our Prince of Peace. You see, to have peace, we must live lives that are pleasing to God. If you look at what the angel said in the Christmas story found in Luke 2.14, the very first verse I read, he said, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Who's the peace found among? Those with whom God is pleased. John Piper said it this way, The key that unlocks the treasure chest of God's peace is faith in the promises of God. That is so true. Because just like we learned last week, when we do trust the promises of God, we are filled with joy and peace, and then God is glorified. And what, what pleases God? When our lives glorify Him. That's why the angel proclaims here, glory to God in the highest, because your life brings Him glory when you adore His Son, Jesus, and you live your life in Him. Therefore, you live with peace and joy. And to those whose hearts and minds are steadfastly adoring Him, God gives peace. You just think about this simple illustration, these containers right here on this, on this table. When you're in Christ and His Spirit lives in you and God is guarding your heart and your mind, that's when you find peace. But when we step outside of that, we lose peace. So if you don't have peace right now, may I suggest you look to the Prince of Peace. It's really that simple. Accept Him as your Lord and Savior. Allow His Holy Spirit to move inside of you, to live inside of you, so that His peace can guard and guide your heart. You can do that now as we sing and as we worship our Lord. Some of you, it's time for you to do that. Maybe you've been a Christian for some time, but you've been struggling to find peace. Maybe you've been kind of like the example that I talked about of, of here. You're, you've got the Holy Spirit in you and you've accepted Jesus, but you're just not at peace because you're focused on the circumstances around you. The storm is brewing and that's all you can see. Let me suggest, if you will just fix your eyes on Jesus and you will decide to live your life in Him, then He will guard your heart and He will guard your mind. Maybe you need to come to the altar today and, and receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you need to come to the altar today and you need to just say, God, I've been living on my own strength and I need to rest in You. He will give you that peace when you seek Him. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for the peace that You offer to us. We're thankful, Lord, that Your Word is clear. That in our own flesh and in our own strength, we are far from you. We are, in fact, at war with you. God, may we be at war with you no more. I pray if there's anyone in this room today that has been living in that, in that place of unrest, and that place of war with you, that they would realize that you've made a way for them to be at peace with you. That's through trusting in your Son, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior. So God, for anyone who needs to do that today, I pray that they would just feel the strength to come and just bow at the altar and just say, God, I want to receive salvation through faith in Jesus Christ today. And we celebrate with them. Father, for those who are Christians in this room would have been walking far from you and been walking in our own strength, on our own, unguarded by your protection, I pray that today we would recognize that if we would simply live our lives in Christ, by the power of your Holy Spirit following you, adoring you, spending time with you, and fixing our eyes on you, Lord, that you will guard our hearts and our minds and you'll give us peace. God, so many of us need peace year-round, but especially during this season when we focus on the Prince of Peace, it seems like our peace is under attack. So, Lord, my prayer is that everyone would leave this place today with peace in our hearts because we're leaving here in Christ. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus today. Amen.
You've been listening to the Forward Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you'll join us next week as Lead Pastor Neil Krause continues in the series, Oh Come Let Us Adore Him. For more information about Forward, giving, or to request prayer, visit www.forwardchurchfamily.com.